What is up, everybody? Will Vance here, managing editor of Magnetic Magazine and the host of this podcast that you're listening to right now, Magnetic Meeting. Thank you all so much for the positive words and all of the love that you've been sending out my way since the launch of this podcast a couple weeks ago. We've already had a ton of great interviews lined up in the pipeline, and I honestly cannot wait to share them all with you. If this is your first time tuning into this podcast, it is about words and music and the power that each of them have in the music industry and those who work in it. Each episode invites people and personalities from across the music industry to come to the table all with a single word that they believe has impacted their lives recently or their careers entirely. From there, we're going to attack that word from every conceivable angle in hopes to bring a bit more context into what the music industry actually is. If you're already familiar with the podcast, then let me ask a small, tiny little favor. Can you please toss us a like, a repost, or a comment with your honest thoughts about what we have going on so far? To be honest, this is the first podcast that I've ever made, so it's a learning curve for us all, and your honest feedback, whether it's good or bad, is worth its weight in gold for me personally, well, and the team overall. But jumping into the episode, this week we have Entel on the podcast. Entel has been a close, close producer homie of mine for a few years now, and I've watched him perfect his sound into something that's honestly damn incredible. I'm stoked, I'm proud, and honestly a little bit jealous of how much this dude is crushing it right now. And Juna Beats Heavyweight, Grum, and Grum's Deep State imprint have kind of taken Entel under his wing and recently taken Entel's career to a whole new level, even helping him release his latest Melodies and Harmony album, taking him on his first international tour, and so, so much more. Talking about it all makes it sound easy, but that honestly couldn't be farther from the case. I chat with Intel, or just Anthony as we all call him, almost every single day, and I know firsthand that this guy's work ethic is legit second to none. He's all about putting in small moves every single goddamn day of his life to make his career what it is today, and honestly, the results speak for themselves. Which is why when I approached Anthony to be the second guest on this podcast, he was stoked to talk about the word consistency. I knew nobody else could talk about it better than he could, and I'm stoked to share this conversation with you guys. But before we dive in, this episode is brought to you by Point Blank Online, whose new Miracle Campus in LA is a one-stop shop for what I bet you're after. Whether you're looking to get into DJing, singing, songwriting, radio broadcasting, or anything else that makes you a mover and shaker in this industry, they've got it. And you'll work closely with their team of instructors to ensure that it happens. Now, let's dive into the show. Guys, we're back on Magnetic Meetings. This week, we have Entel in the studio. Entel is a Columbus-based producer. He has some big updates, but we'll likely talk about that. Uh, but Entel, how's it going, dude? Good, man. How are you doing today? I'm, I'm doing all right. I got my coffee. I got everything. Uh, I'm, I'm waking up. I'm ready to hit the ground uh, running. I didn't do a very good job introing you. So um, what's some cool stuff that you could flex about? Why, why should these people care <laughs> about what we're about to talk about? So this year, just to talk, you know, uh, a couple years ago, I put out, or two years ago, I did a remix for Gabriel and Dresden on Anjuna Beats with their song Luna. Um, from there, I uh, was really fortunate enough to play a, sh- a show with Grum at the time where that remix caught his attention. It was like 2019. And then fast forward to now, um, I've been releasing with Deep State now for the last two years. And in August, I just put out my debut artist album with Deep State called Melodies and Harmony, which you can check out on streaming services. <laughs> uh, there's the plug. Shameless um, plug. And then from that, I'm on my second uh, round of tour dates with Graham that, or Grum. I got to uh, play some shows with him last year on the road. So now supporting his album and my own, uh, you know, we're uh, kind of in the middle of doing some U.S. dates. And then we're in Canada this weekend and uh, Deep State London on <laughs> November 4th. Check it out if you're in the U.K. Uh, that's sweet. What's it been like working with uh, working with Grum? so hands-on 
Uh, man, it's been pretty crazy. To be honest with you, I think my favorite aspect of them is they're all about kind of creative freedom. I have never felt too locked in. They're never telling me, you know, sound more like this, uh, sound like X artist, Y artist. A lot of it's been kind of nurturing, uh, you know, staying consistent to my sound and growing within that. And what does it sound like to be me? Not just what does it sound like, you know, when I emulate this artist or this popular sound right now? Um, Dude, and they're so cool, calm, and collected. I think that's like the most like thing. Like, I'll be like, obviously, you know, I I kind of have this concept called like new DJ syndrome, where you're allowed to be really excited about stuff, you know, and then as you become seasoned, you learn to contain the proper way. But uh, they're really good at managing that with me. So uh, yeah, and you keep saying you keep saying they is that um the whole deep state team is that like oh and, yeah and, yeah and if so, how many people are on it? How many different cooks are in the kitchen? Yeah, so sorry. They just means deep state. Um, when I say they, it's just Grum, uh, who runs the label. It's his, and then a guy, his manager, and the label manager, who kind of then keeps all of us organized and does all the back end stuff for us. So yeah, it's crazy because it's 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 a small team, right? And like while while these artists are playing like these big gigs or like have these big brands behind them, at the end of the day, nine times out of ten, it's super small kind of units uh, that are mm -hmm. that are making it all happen. At least the broad strokes. Oh, totally. And uh, I think that's what like a lot of people slip through the cracks is like, you know, you, you see record label and an artist like Grum and you're like, oh, my God, massive major team, you know, and it's like truly at the end of the day, you know, you've got to be conscious of like how many people there are that are making the machine move, you know, and be conscious of their time that they can give you versus all the other artists and bro, they just manage it so beautifully. It's awesome. So, well, well, they are the pros, right? Uh, yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> and, and, and as, as a chaotic as a lot of the music industry is, the pros are always able to tread the waters quite well. Um, but yeah, so let's kind of dive into the main kind of, kind of bread and butter of this interview, right? Cause it is magnetic meanings after all a show where we kind of talk about words and music and the effects that, both have on each other, right? And so uh, what what was the word that you wanted to bring to the table and chat about for the next half hour, 45 minutes? Uh, yeah, so the word I'm going to bring is consistency. Out of out of all the words in the English language, uh, why, why that one? Because I think it's an applicable term for what we're doing in today's day and age. You know, it's just um, consistency doesn't always mean the best or, um, you know, Number one, but it just means showing up, doing what's it, you know, what you need to to get done. I'm, I'm explaining this so poorly, but just being consistent within your craft. You know, I think it's uh, that theme can be related to so many different avenues, and it's a word that I've consistently come back to. Nice, <laughs> nice. Yeah, we all see what you did there. Um, yeah, and, and so I mean, you kind of already touched upon it right there, but I kind of want to dive into it. Uh, a little bit more. So what does consistency mean to you personally, right? Because we all have different relationships to different words, right? So like, how do you relate to the word consistent, consistency differently than, you know, a lot of the other music producers doing the same thing? Because, um, you know, for me, as much as it is showing up and being consistent within my process every day, it's being realistic about what that means. You know, some days I might not be at 100%. So um, still show up and be consistent, do some work today, do what needs to be done, but understand, you know, like I don't feel well, or just, uh, you know, going through the motions of, you know, sometimes you don't want to create day, but you know, you've got a show coming up, just consistently put it in the work. If you show up and put that energy in, it, it'll come back to you. Um, maybe not as quickly as you'd like sometimes, but uh, you know, it, uh, it, it'll do its thing. Yeah. I mean, I've, I was at my, at my other job before I was working um, as the editor at Magnetic, uh, you know, I was at a music production school and uh, I would chat all the time with the producers there, like, you know, at whatever stage of the journey that they were on, right. Either just getting into it or whatever. And so many of them would expect that like, Hey, in a year, I'll be headlining EDC. Hey, in a year, I want to be playing a small stage at Coachella. And it's like, all I got to do is not think about music 
six days a week. And then on Sunday, I'll just smoke pot and work for 16 hours straight. Right. And it's really like, that's not what it takes at all. Uh, and even mm. just chipping away at it slowly, but surely like half hour a day, 45 minutes a day, every single day, uh, is going to pay off way more dividends, you know, consistently over, over the course of, of a whole career, over the course of even like the earliest stages of an artist's career. Definitely. And I mean, the way you got to look, I mean, um, I don't want to use names because I don't know if people want to be involved in this interview. We had an artist that came through um, and I was talking to his manager here in town after the show. And I was just like, Hey, like we were talking about that, like nine to fives and the consistency of showing up. And I think like, it was almost kind of like a gloom and doom moment, but also like a you're on the right track, but he's like, mate, you can't have a nine to five. If you're going to do this, this has to be your nine to five, especially in like today's industry climate. And it's that consistency you bring to the table. That's like the difference maker. And I was just like, shit, <laughs> you know, dive yeah. in. So, well, yeah. Cause like even, even, uh, thinking about it from, you know, getting out of yourself for a second and looking at these other, other, of the, all the other pieces of the puzzle that come into pushing this stuff forward, all music forward, kind of what we were talking about before, right? Like it's a small teams doing really cool stuff in the music industry. And there's a lot of moving parts that like, you know, Grum's label manager and Grum himself and Grum's manager all have to manage, right? And the last thing they mm-hmm. want to do is work with an up and coming artist and invest time in this up and coming artist that is unpredictable or isn't consistent or might do one mm-hmm. great thing one week, but then drop the ball the three other weeks, right? It's so much easier mm-hmm. to, when, when you're predictable, AKA kind of consistent with your work or w- with how you show up, how you present yourself, um, that makes it you so much easier to work with. No, absolutely. I agree with you on that. I mean, you have to, at the end of the day, cause nine times out of 10, especially for, um, you know, an artist at my caliber, like when people take on my project, they were doing it for free at first because they believed in it. So it's like that respect for their time and that consistency to like what they're doing for you as well. I mean, at the end of the day, you got to bring them stuff to work with or they're not going to be able to work with anything, you know? <laughs> oh, 100%, 100%. And it's that's the thing too. It's that like, sure, one in a million producers will have a hit record that maybe go viral on TikTok or whatever. And that's great. And their entire career will be launched off of that. And they can ride that wave forever. But the majority of producers, it's it's a track of like, you know, producing a good record and producing another one and then producing another one. And it's just that slow burn that will only catch the attention of the masses over a very long period of time, producing music that is good, but always pushing to be better and that's how like the most sustainable kind of careers I feel like are launched, but just consistently uh, just improving at your craft, consistently showing up, consistently chipping away at it. Yeah. And uh, I guess if anything, my album could be a good example of consistency for me personally, um, because I, I some, God, sometimes I get embarrassed admitting this just because, you know, I've been around for so long. But, uh, you know, Entel's been a 10 year project this year. So, you know, I objectively like that's the definition of consistency. I've had no real success by industry terms until I probably like around year eight, you know, and then year 10 came around and I got my debut album. But uh, the day that my album was officially uploaded to distribution was like, I think it was like July 12th or July 22nd, 2022. That was the 10 year mark to the day that I created all the Intel music socials. So I guess like, you know, show up consistently for 10 years, you get an album. You know, <laughs> <laughs> uh, How long have you been producing music or how old were you when you started? Um, uh, so production, like it was 18, I went to school for audio production. So 18, I seriously started producing, um, music. And I, I mean, that was the first time I ever got it. They were such bad songs. That's like when I started trying to play my own music in my sets was like 
2018. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Totally. Um, but right. you got to start somewhere. You got to consistently suck to consistently. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice. Back on, back on brand. Um, so oh, yeah. ne- next one, this is kind of, this is going to be uh, an easy one. We've already kind of touched upon it, but like, what are the best benefits? What are the pros of being consistent? Oh, you know, out the gate, I think just like the, the biggest pro is like you start to hit a rhythm and you find out what that consistency means to you. I mean, in this industry, um, no one's just going to give you a schedule one day and say, hey, you're a professional musician. This is how it is. So, um, I mean, number one, just show up consistently. You um, you start to hit that rhythm. You find um, your grooves, what times of the day work best for you, whether that be a midday session, an early day session. Um, you can start to plan around that then. Um, within that, uh, you know, especially practicing instruments, getting better at your musical craft, you know, it's just like, you know, a sport or any type of hobby you want to improve at when you're consistent with it, you show growth. And that growth is really important for those of us that, you know, want to keep raising level you know rising through tiers of the music industry and uh you know improve your music so that you can start to play more shows and uh sign music to labels and whatnot yeah totally so now this is the one where it gets a little bit more tricky but um mm-hmm. what are the downsides or what are the cons of being consistent oh i mean you just can put an existential pressure on yourself to have to like always be putting on everything's got to be like the next hit um it can be a really toxic mindset sometimes i think that's something that comfortably needs to be talked about um with consistency comes, you know, working a lot and doing something for a lot of hours. And, you know, that can bring burnout or feelings of, you know, being tired and not wanting to show up one day. But um, within that, you know, those days where you're feeling a little tired, I think that's when it's most important to put the work in because it's those days when you're tired that you put that work in on the days you feel your best. You're like, oh, shit, I did this that day. Now I can make it better. So, mm-hmm. you know. Um, it's an ebbs and flows of it all. Yeah, no, hundred percent. And I'd like to dive a little bit more into the like the cons of of consistency too. Um, not that I have a necessary prompt, but I just I think, again, I think it's yeah. something that like a lot of people aren't really talking about. You know, kind of just spitballing. But like, how has being consistent, you know, negatively affected your life? Or you wish that you could kind of ease up on the reins and then relieve some of that pressure of being consistent? You know what? For me, just um, when you want to be consistent. I've missed out on a lot of things, I guess is one way to say that. Um, life events has been very thing, whether it be family or friends, uh, the need to be consistency has made me be absent in some of my personal life places. And don't get me wrong. I love the trade-off because I love writing music um, outside of music, running the studio business that I do as well. But um, I, I don't have a team. So that consistency brings a lot of long hours sometimes and mm-hmm. uh, that can put strain on relationships. Um, and there is a downside to that, I guess. So maybe a, a theme from that would be a, uh, you have to be comfortable being alone and working on your own accord sometimes and being unpresent in other aspects of your life. So, yeah. Um, I was chatting with, on um, on the first episode of the podcast, uh, I was chatting with Adam Stark, uh, you know, who's mm-hmm. crushing it in the Denver scene and he had the yeah. exact same kind of thing. He was talking about time, but, uh, you know, but, but really at the end of the day, you know, like no matter who's in your corner, you can have Grum, you could have, uh, you know, Skrillex or whoever, but at the end of the day, like they can only do so much for your career, right? Like 90% totally. of the shit that goes on in music, it's all internal. You have to do the work. You have to do it yourself. And yeah. that kind of comes from being um, consistent. And it it's, you know, the cons is that, yeah, it takes a lot of work. You know, there's only so many hours in the day. Yeah, I mean, dude, like you said, like Skrillex or Grummer, you know, above and beyond, we can use the extremes. I mean, yeah. Eric Prids was not always Eric Prids, you know, he had to put in the time somewhere, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? So yeah. it's like, yeah. Um. So, so what do you think? That's a kind of a good segue, right? Like, what do you think it requires uh, to be that consistent? What kind of character traits, what kind of sacrifices, uh, what kind of skills, all the above? What do you, what's it require? 
the time management was probably the most struggle for me. Um, outside that, um, no one writes the playbook for you on how to do this, I guess, kind of like we've said. So, um, yeah, like you've just got to be able to really show up for yourself. I'm um, like, you've talked about like working with Graham and Guy and all them, like uh, the consistency there is so much like, you know, like, like they didn't tell me the process for my album, I guess, you know, I kind of had to bring it to them and then it was what I brought to them that they, mm -hmm. um, enjoyed so i don't know i'm failing this one dude really for me it's just time management bro i think being consistent starts with organizing your time and that is something that uh i'm not very good at so you know i think once you lock that and you can kind of find your process around that so yeah and that's another one is that like consistency is really really important right but also like flexibility is a incredibly good character trait or something to be yeah. like just ju to be able to be consistent, but also be consistent over a long period of time, right? Like you have no, there is no playbook there. And, and no matter, you could take as much information and as much in industry insights from the top level guys about what works, but that's what works for them. And, you know, they had a different come up story than, than you did. You have a different level, like different definition of what success looks like and stuff like that. Right. So you really have to be able to take all of this stuff in stride and be able to adapt adapt for what works well for you to be able to make this stuff work um for you because success means something yeah. different to every music producer every artist manager every tour manager everyone working in this in this industry has a different definition of success but getting into it everyone just thinks if i just headline coachella if i just play edc that's what success means and that's not at all yeah. what it actually means once you get in the mix i guess another thing to build on that too kind of from what you said too um you know when being consistent a difficult thing to do is when you're doing this a lot it's easy to become habitual in your patterns you know like oh i'm consistently doing the work eventually it's going to give back but that could be dangerous too um i think within the being consistent you consistently need to be willing to learn and refine your process because totally. Totally. Uh, you know, like, because, you know, we don't know everything. I mean, I wake up every morning and go, I don't know how to produce music. I don't know what I'm doing. How did I convince somebody I know how I'm doing this? And you then you laugh at that because, you know, there's like, a, yes, I know what I'm doing. I'm going to my studio. But it's that very humbling thought process that's going to keep you fresh and willing to listen to other people's opinions and be able to form your own. Because, dude, it can be really stale sometimes. <laughs> yeah, a lot, a lot of it is stale, right? <laughs> a lot of it, yeah. a lot of it is stale. That's why you just like every time you show up, it's just another at that, you know. And uh, you know, mm -hmm. I I don't know, I don't know baseball well enough, but I know that like batting just like twenty five percent, whatever it is, only hitting a quarter of the amount of balls that are thrown at you is still considered insanely good, or something like that. Oh, I'm, not yeah, a, I'm not a sports Dude, yeah, guy, people, but, it's like, but uh, that's, I know it's a thing. <laughs> oh yeah. Anyway. So, so yeah. Like how does your uh, relationship to consistency change in regards to your short-term goals versus your long-term goals? So for the short-term goals, I think they're a little more set in stone. Um, you know, like when I plan out like my month, um, um, like when I plan out my month, that's a little easier to see clear as day. Like, Hey, these next 30 days I'm going to do I know what my shows are for these days. I'm going to wake up at this time, gym at this time, studio at this time. You know, it's a lot easier to see it. But when you start looking out at like three, six months, 12 months, that's where things can change, where some variables can be thrown at you. So it's just being able to be adaptable within that consistency, I think, would be the big difference. Like, um, like tomorrow, I know I'm going to wake up, go to Toronto, get ready for this weekend. But then, like, I come back next week and I'm like, I have two weeks off. I need to make sure I'm a little flexible within, like, getting ready for London and whatnot. Um. Also for me, I, I, since I do run my studio, I could have this room booked at any given time and I could be, uh, you know, I could have a remix deadline or something and be like, Hey, this is my plan for consistency this week. Well, 
I need to keep the lights on still. So if someone, you know, books my studio, it's like, all right, that's a bump in the plan. I need to get them in here. Let's finish that project and then on to the next thing. So, you know. Yeah. So, so kind of doubling down on this, like what, what's your, what is your long-term goals? What do you, what do you see right now for the next two years? Not just the next, the next year, but like the next two years. Oh man. Okay. I got to be bold now. Uh, within the next two years, it's just a more consistent show base. You know, um, I, I think one thing from COVID was that I was really fortunate enough to spend every freaking day in this room and don't get me wrong. That was great. But, um, I've built up this great consistent production workflow that I am very confident in to an extent, but I'd like to road test it and be able to uh, have that side of it be a little more, um, I keep saying it, I would be a little bit more consistent with my studio time, you know, and I think that then um, being able to uh, play shows and, you know, I, I think the two would work with themselves and being able to share my music and then still be able to write new stuff as well. That would be the biggest long-term two-year goal. Um, to make that happen, what do you wish you were more consistent in doing? Dude, networking. I, 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 that is one thing I get very complacent with the network that I have around me, but that's not a negative. It's because at the end of the day, you have to trust the people that you work with. And it's not like I'm actively like looking to add to the noise by any means. But, um, if I was reaching out to promoters or maybe getting my face in front of, you know, the right people a little bit more that did book shows that could probably help that. But I am definitely one of those people where I'd rather kind of try to attract that energy. And, uh, I mean, you know, how full that can either be foolish or not at the end of the day, but yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's a million different ways you could go about it. Right. I mean, like kind of once, once you get into the mix, like when you're, when you're first coming up, uh, it's, you know, and like you're, you're kind of fighting for scraps, right. And you're casting as wide of a net as possible thinking that maybe some random music producer online will be the pen pal that 10 years down the line makes your career or kind of whatever. But then once you kind of get into the mix, you have some stuff going for you. It's fast. It's, it's crazy how fast your attention just directs completely down into just like the, sh the shit you need to get done in that day or that shit you need to get done in that week. I'm sure, oh, yeah. I'm sure writing the album, uh, was that to the nth degree. Bro. I kind of, it's kind of funny. I make the joke. I almost like lost myself in that process. Cause I was like, this is all I'm freaking doing for three months. I was like, don't talk to me. Don't bug me. Like this is my consistency for three months. And I will say I got everything I could have wanted out of that process, whether it was like, you know, learning stuff about myself, just songwriting goals. I mean, it, three months of consistency there did a lot for my personal well-being I, I you know i feel very well equipped for equipped for the uh the next year of what i'd like to take on totally and like three months is just the exact right amount of time to to change a person you know what i mean because it's like mm -hmm. you cut you come out of that process and there's there's no way in hell you could revert back to the producer or the person the whatever uh you were when you started Totally. You know, it's funny, actually, I, I kept a journal of the entire time because in the back of my head, I'm like, whether it had been for like, you know, remembering stuff for PR or like, just just wanting to remember it for me because it's a journal. I'm like, I know that I'm not going to be able to recreate this moment in time. So like do whatever you can to remember what it was, you know, and I'm very happy that I captured it the way that I did. So uh, what's something that you look back on that you're like, whoa, I actually thought that at one time. I'll just read something. directly. Yeah, no, that's it. perfect. That's exactly, <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, exactly yeah. what I like, want. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> let me find something. Uh this is a cool one. Uh, I wrote down at the beginning, it said, I wrote three years ago, I promised myself two things, health, health, health and happiness, no matter what. It was a commitment to a routine that started the journey of my melodies and harmony. Bingo. How yeah. on brand is that? <laughs> yeah. This podcast is years in the making, this specific episode. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> See? Boom. But yeah, there's a bunch of emotional stuff like that where, you know, it gets even more deep than that. And I just read it and I'm like, Oh, it's kind of cringy. But then I smiled. I'm like, I remember what it was like in that moment. I'm glad that I can hold on to that, you know? <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, all right. So 
I'm plowing ahead here. Um, you know, obviously consistency in in music and and brand and the whole like Intel package, um, and even down to the live performance or the gigs that you perform and stuff. It's all important. I want to hear about the importance of that in your own words, or like what consistency throughout the whole Intel branding um, in 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 from from your perspective. Yeah, consistency to me just believes not compromising the vision, um, and I think Intel is a very good representation. I, I'm very proud of it for me because I've never tried to be anything other than you know, the progressive producer that is Intel. If you go to my first song that I released in 2015, it's 121 BPM progressive songs uh, titled Gaudium. The second one is a progressive house song at 126 BPM titled Gaudium, or I mean, it's titled Bliss. Um, and then my album is a collection of progressive house songs from 124 to 126 BPM. And my first release with Deep State was at 120. So like, I'm still writing the same music, you know what I mean? I think this, like the theme is that it's consistently grown with me, um, whether that be the sounds or the, uh, synths that I'm using. Um, you know, also like I've still using the same E logo that I designed 10 years ago. It's consistently been the same thing, but at the time everybody was like these 3d graphics, you know, we can't do that. It would take too much time. And I'm like, no, it, we'll get there one day. So it was just a consistent belief to the Intel vision. Um, that's kind of led to this, you know, I, I'm very lucky for that. I, I try not to get cocky about it, but it's not like I ever wrote like poppy music to try and follow, you know, like the chain smokers closer trend or whatever, you know, I was just always, you know, in my lane and, you know, here's where it's at 10 years later. Yeah. I mean, again, that's kind of what we we're ta talking about earlier too. It's just like, you know, that's the kind of stuff, the slowly chipping away at stuff, a little bit of like progress towards your career every single day that is going to build the most sustainable, like long lasting kind of stuff. Right. Cause that's because if anything, the industry, the big guys in this industry, that's what, well, that's what they did, you know, it takes one to know one kind of thing. That's why they're more, yeah. I, I feel like they're more likely to respect that than, uh, uh, and like, you know, invest time back into you or artists, you know, who are looking to do what, what, what you're doing is if you just, yeah. you know. Yeah. I mean, even another good example, somebody that I really, really, you know, I'll remove progressive music from a second, for a second, uh, a huge like inspiration of mine is AC Slater and what he's done with the night base brand. And I think like they are a huge testament to consistency. I mean, he started night base in like 2011, 2012, I believe. And I mean, I mean, look what he's grown it into. One of the biggest, like, you know, house event companies in the U. I mean, they're running festival stages. And I think that shows, like, what you can do when you believe in your music. You don't change it for anybody else. I mean, that's the type of, you know, stuff you can accomplish, you know, especially when you're surrounded by a good team as well. Well, yeah, because, I mean, fads come and go, right? But, like, mm -hmm. uh, as long as you kind of stay true to what you do, have the flexibility to, like, adapt what you're doing, as long as it stays true to, like, who you are, people will always come and go. But, like, slowly but surely, you'll keep, adding on to the amount of people who really dig what you like almost as like, you know, filter or like kind of sieve them through. Um, and slowly but surely, you know, brick by brick over the course of one year, two years, a decade or more, you have those loyal followers, you have those loyal fans, you have the people who are really invested in what you're doing. And, um, you know, they're, they're the ones who careers are built from or they're, yeah, and I think there's some, I mean, you, I mean, I know you, I mean, dude, you're a music guy too. You tell me if I'm wrong, but I think there's a, there's a certain respect to people that do it like that too. I think there's more longevity because, you know, you didn't try to be anything other than yourself and that's what, you know, 
the fans latched onto at the end of the day, you know? So, yeah, man. Um, so yeah, I mean, we're kind of winding down on time. Uh, do you have any Mm -hmm. final, final musings, any other kind of bits of wisdom you want to impart anything you want to shamelessly plug anything Um, like that? You know what I will, before I forget to plug this, I have the final album remix EP is coming out in like three weeks. You guys should check that out. But, uh, no, I do have one more piece of consistent advice that I'd like to lay. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, okay. Yeah. So this is a big one. I need everybody to pay attention to this. So this is in terms of being consistent with label ARs, make sure you email them every, you know, every other day, follow up about your songs, be consistent. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I think something to be talked on real quick with consistency is if you want to get your music out there and you want to get it in front of whether it be labels, artists, um, management teams, if you want to be consistent with them, you might not always get a response, but what these type of, uh, professionals respect is a a, a consistency and a commitment to your craft so even if they don't respond to the first email or the second email or the third email you might have their attention it's that fourth that might get them so it's consistency there that i think is really important to uh, not get discouraged but keep trying to reach out and contact the people that uh you'd like to work with you know yeah i mean because at the end of the day like there's a lot of people who are producing music a lot of you know would-be producers but the competition for the people who have like the competition isn't as heavy when you consider the number of people who have been doing it consistently for eight years plus. Right. And so I, when ARs get demos, they could probably get a ton, right. Especially at the big labels, but they're very few. They actually take seriously. And even if the music isn't good enough for them to like want to sign, just showing up consistently, the music is always getting better, you know, that it'll catch their attention, right? And it'll be like, oh, I see this name again. Oh, it's been two months, but I recognize this name, right? Like, like they, they respect, they respect that. Alrighty, everybody. Thank you so much for hanging out with me until the very end of this second episode of Magnetic Meaning. And I hope the past 30 minutes or so has seriously shed some light on the value of consistency and what it actually means to those working in the trenches of the music industry itself. I'm signing off now to start writing my post-show musings on everything that Intel and I covered over the past few minutes, and I will certainly link to it all in the show notes. I know I've already asked this of you, but it certainly bears repeating. If you're liking what you're hearing and want to hear more episodes that are even more finely tuned, let me know in the comments, toss us a like, repost it, share it with your mom, your dad, your grandma, whoever. Whatever we can get, I'm stoked for. Just a handful of reviews and likes this early on in the game can really be the gas that we need to make this podcast a serious player in the music space. So every single like, comment, subscribe really help. And finally, I wanted to give one final shout out to Point Blank Online. Sure, they're the sponsor of this episode, but they've also been a close member of the Magnetic family since the very, very beginning. They're a tight-knit community of truly, truly amazing people, and they just happen to really know their stuff. So if you're looking to start, or maybe even perfect your career in music, broadcasting, or the music business overall, hit that link in the show notes and they'll make sure it happens. I promise. So I guess in closing, we'll be back in a few weeks where I'm bringing on my buddy, one of the leading PR agents in the bass music scene across all of North America. He's a fellow English major, much like myself, and we'll be doing a deep dive into storytelling, not only for your music, your brand and more, but just how storytelling relates to the music industry overall. But until then, this is Will Vance with Magnetic Magazine.